The Arkansas Court of Appeals decided one civil procedure case this week, Carter v. Livingston, 2021, ARC App 363. The Arkansas Court of Appeals affirmed a summary judgment order in dismissing the complaint because the summons omitted the name and address of plaintiff's counsel as required by Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 4. The opinion squarely rejected arguments of waiver or that substantial compliance of a later amendment should be applied retroactively. Judge Gladwin wrote, The summons that the Carters served on the hospital omitted the name and address of their attorney, despite the requirements in Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 4B that the summons include that information. On April 20th, the hospital answered the complaint and asserted the defense of insufficiency of process under Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 12b-4. The parties then litigated the Carter's claims. On February 7, 2017, the hospital filed a motion for summary judgment arguing that the defective summons required the dismissal of the case with prejudice because of the previous dismissal. The Carters responded to the motion, and the trial court held a hearing on October 3rd. At the hearing, counsel for the Carters acknowledged that it's true that the summons didn't contain my name and the address of my law firm, but he argued that the inclusion of that information in the complaint somehow cured the omission in the summons. He also argued that the hospital had waived the defense by litigating the case before filing its motion. The Carters now argue for the first time on appeal that the new substantial compliance standard in Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 4K, 2019, should apply retroactively so as to reverse the order of dismissal that was entered before the adoption of that rule. The Carters also argue that the hospital waived its defense by seeking affirmative relief. Finally, the Carters claim that the trial court erred by following this court's decision in Dobbs v. Discover Bank, 2012 ARC App 678, because summons deficiencies are mere technicalities. End of quote. The Court of Appeals found the summons requirements are strictly construed. Quote, the Dobbs Court reversed a trial court ruling that the summons sufficed despite the omission of the attorney's address because this information is required by the rule. And the court rejected the argument that the lack of its attorney's address was immaterial because the address was listed on the complaint that was attached to the summons because nothing in the plain language of the rule appears to permit the required information to merely be incorporated from somewhere else. The summons at issue in this case is fatally defective for the same reason, except here the Carter summons omitted both the name and the address of their attorney and not merely the address as in Dobbs. End of quote. The court further rejected the argument that the content of the summons could be excused because the information was in the complaint. Quote, the Carters cannot avoid that result by making the same failed argument as in Dobbs. Claiming that the summons and the complaint should be considered one document so that the complaint supplements and, in effect, rehabilitates the deficient summons. As we held in Dobbs, Rule 4 does not permit supplementation of a deficient summons by incorporating the missing information from somewhere else. The information required by the version of Rule 4 that was in effect at the time must have appeared on the face of the summons. The Carters failed to comply with that standard. Their failure to comply with Rule 4's requirements made the summons defective and that defect mandated dismissal. End of quote. An argument that the summons substantially complied with the requirements failed. Quote, 
The Carters likewise cannot avoid the effect of their defective summons by retroactively applying Rule 4K's new substantial compliance standard to an order entered more than a year before that rule took effect. There is no indication that the Arkansas Supreme Court intended to apply the new Rule 4K retroactively, and to do so would deprive the hospital of its vested right in its defense to the Carters' claims. End of quote. The Court of Appeals ruled defendants did not waive the defective summons. Quote, None of the hospital's actions that the Carters rely on in their brief requested affirmative relief, including requests for admission, notices of deposition, a motion for summary judgment, including responding to a motion to strike that motion, combining a response to a motion for protective order with a motion to compel, and a motion to exclude evidence. Our Supreme Court has held that participating in discovery is not a request for affirmative relief. Moreover, the assertion of defenses in joint motions for summary judgment and dismissal are not requests for affirmative relief. City of Tontytown, 2017, ARC, App 326. Nor is a response to a motion for protective order or a motion to compel production request considered affirmative relief. Although Arkansas courts have not addressed whether a motion in limine seeks affirmative relief under this standard, we hold that Tonti Town's logic on motions for summary judgment applies here as well because a motion in limine is a defensive action rather than a request for affirmative relief. End of quote. Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 4 provides, in pertinent part, in Section B, Form of Summons, the summons shall be styled in the name of the court and issued under its seal, dated and signed by the clerk or a deputy clerk, and directed from the state of Arkansas to the defendant to be served. It shall contain, in its caption, the names of the plaintiff and defendant, or, if there are multiple parties, the names of the plaintiff and defendant listed first in the complaint, the address of the defendant to be served, if known, the name and address of the plaintiff's attorney, if any, otherwise the address of the plaintiff, the time within which these rules require that the defendant to be served must appear, file a response of pleading or motion, and defend, and notice that the defendant's failure to appear, respond, and defend within the time allowed may result in entry of judgment by default against the defendant for the relief demanded in the complaint. Subsection K, Disregard of Error, Actual Notice. Any error as to the sufficiency of process or the sufficiency of service of process shall be disregarded if the court determines that the serving party substantially complied with the provisions of this rule and that the defendant received actual notice of the complaint and filed a timely answer. End of decision.